Welcome back, everyone, to the High Tempo Sports Podcast, episode 87. Uh, this is the second time we are filming episode <laughs> 87. Uh, we did an episode on Saturday, and it was like an NFL episode. We did our top 20 wide receivers in the NFL. We did three wide receivers that we expect to break out this season, and it just, like, disappeared in our files. So The whole thing. <laughs> um which is very unfortunate, but we will be putting our wide receiver list and the three breakout wide receivers on our TikTok. So go check out our TikTok if you're interested in uh, seeing the wide receiver list at High Tempo Podcast. Because we're not just going to redo the whole episode, you know. It's just kind <laughs> it of takes away the whole fun of us. Yeah, the we surprise. know we know each other's lists and everything, so there's really no point in redoing everything. And that was pretty much all we talked about, anyways. Or really, we just talked a little bit, you know, small NBA talk afterwards. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, today's Wednesday though, and it is like the first Wednesday that is not a nice day out today. It is very lot colder than it has been. I was actually uh, delivering stuff, and there was snow at, at where I was. Oh yeah, driving. in the morning there was there was a little bit of snow. Yeah, and it, what are you kidding <laughs> me? We were in like seventy degree weather a week ago. Back to snow. Gotta love Michigan. Oh yeah, it's best state ever. <laughs> but let's just hop right into the news. Excuse me. Um, first thing, very sad, disappointing news. Uh, Denver Nuggets point guard Jamal Murray tore his ACL in the final minutes of their game the other night, and he obviously is going to miss the rest of the season and playoffs, which is just super disappointing for for the Nuggets. You know, it's a team that has been rolling ever since the trade deadline. Um, you know, with the Lakers kind of having their injury problems, they're looking to take advantage and get higher up in the standings. And Jamal Murray, you know, broke out in the playoffs last year. We were seeing if he could do it again this year. Unfortunately, we're not going to get to see that. Yeah, it's it's a really hard thing to watch just because I think most people are fans of the Nuggets. I don't know many people that dislike yeah. the Nuggets team. <laughs> so I think this is kind of hitting the NBA world hard, just seeing uh, one of the best players and one of the best teams in the league uh, go down, especially when they were just starting to turn it around. Uh, getting Aaron Gordon was a huge move for them, and it was clearly working out perfectly. Uh, and seemed like a genius move, but now it looks like they're gonna need. I mean, they can't do anything. They yeah. can't. They can't go out and do anything. So it's really tough because you're gonna see a guy like Monte Morris really have to step up mm-hmm. into that starting guard spot. Yeah, and it's just it just sucks for the Nuggets. Feeling for Nuggets fans mm-hmm. right now because I mean that would just that I would couldn't suck. imagine yeah. if that was my Pistons. <laughs> exactly, it would really suck. Um, next on the news, some NFL news. James Conner signs with the Arizona Cardinals yesterday to join Chase Edmonds and their backfield this upcoming season. Um, interested to see how much he'll be used this year just because he really, like, he isn't, like, not super good, I guess. But I feel like he'll probably be the backup guy, maybe get 8 to 10 touches a game, something like that. Um, and then Jadavion Clowney today signed a ten one year $10 million contract with the Cleveland Browns, adding to their a lot uh, their active defensive offseason that they've had. So it'll, he'll be a nice guy to match up next to Miles Garrett. Yeah, that, that is a pretty deadly uh, end combo off, <laughs> off the edge. That's a pretty good edge rush with Jadavion and uh, Miles Garrett. I'm really excited to actually see the Browns next year, which oh, yeah. is not something I say <laughs> most years. Nothing most people don't say. <laughs> so let's get into the first topic of the day. First is the Detroit Tigers. They've won two straight games. They're now 5-6. and six, And their standout rookie, Akil Badu, hit his fourth home run last night. Uh, he's averaging. He's has a three ninety one batting average so far this season. Super fun to watch. A, like a young Tigers player, really, you know, kind of just come out of nowhere and do really good. Yeah, and this is awesome. Uh, we were sitting there last night, and 
Barry Hill, right as we were sitting there, goes and buys a jersey after one of his home runs. Yep. Had to get his body to a jersey. Uh, but it's nice to know that some, we can talk about something good about the Tigers. Oh, yeah. Like, we, there's something I can now follow mm-hmm. all year with the Tigers, and that's Badu. Yeah. And I really hope he keeps it up because baseball is a game of runs and slumps and good hitting weeks and bad yeah, hitting weeks. Yeah, he definitely weeks. could. He could end up shitting the rest of the year. Yeah, you know, he could just he bat 200 yeah. the rest of the year. Which, like, obviously I hope he doesn't, but um, it's, it's very possible. But, yeah, he's off to a great start, which is really good to see. Um, and then Wilson Ramos, Tigers catcher. Uh, he now has six home runs on the year. If he homered twice in last night's game, which is tied for first uh, in the MLB right now with most homers, so that's really good to see. Um, you know, Casey Mize uh, had got his first win with the Tigers the other day, throwing seven scoreless innings. I mean, it's the Tigers are they're they're I enjoy watching them. Yeah, I really, they're I watchable. Do. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're when, watchable. When I'm over and it's on, I'm actually I'm paying attention. I'm pretty invested into it, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice because I haven't done that in four years, five <laughs> years. Yeah, just a little Tigers talk there. We don't we don't know, you know, ever that enough much. to go in depth about each player and everything. But um yeah. Let's talk about the NFL draft. The NFL draft is coming up. It is two weeks from tomorrow. What's today? The fourteenth? Or yeah, today's the fourteenth, yeah. right? Yeah. Two weeks from tomorrow is the NFL draft. Uh we're gonna like I said, we're gonna be doing our second mock draft here at some point. Maybe the Wednesday before, honestly. Yeah. Maybe two weeks from it's today. Pretty good idea. Um but um, a few mock drafts recently, uh, updated mock drafts recently just came out. But before we talk about those, I do want to talk about one thing. And that is the third overall pick. That is, you know, we have Trevor Lawrence is for sure going to be the number one overall pick. After the Jets traded away uh, Sam Darnold and, you know, Zach Wilson is clearly their guy. He's going to go number two. And then number three is really just like, you know, it's ever since San Francisco traded up, at first it was like, okay, they're going to take Justin Fields. And then it was like, eh, maybe they go Trey Lance. And then now it's Mac Jones. So, like, let's just say, like, this doesn't have to do with the San Francisco 49ers, just of pure talent. Who do you think is the best or the third best quarterback in this class, assuming that, you know, Lawrence and Wilson are your one and two? Pure talent-wise, I'm it's or at least tough. who will have the who will be the best? I mean, who do out you of think? those three? Yeah, uh, I think if you put a guy like Trey Lance in a really good system, uh, he can play really well. His arm talent. When I was watching him and his pro day, I went through and I was watching these guys' pro days. He misses a lot of balls. Mm-hmm. He was he is not the best ball thrower, but apparently coaches love his mind. Uh, they love how he picks up defenses, picks up blitzes, and picks up rushes really well. And he's, I mean, he does have a good arm, at least. Mm-hmm. Like he, he does. Can, he he probably has it. the best arm in yeah. this class as far as throwing the ball deep and, you know, but launching it. Yeah. Uh, and Mac Jones just seems like the smartest decision maker out of all of them. Mm-hmm. And then Justin Fields is just a freak. I mean, he's so, so fast, good arm talent, but the history of Ohio State quarterbacks isn't good. Uh, in recent years, so that's where the fear comes in. But if I'm at that third pick, not talking about my team in any way, and I pick the third best quarterback yeah. in the draft, I'm probably going Trey Lance. I, you can work on the accuracy with an NFL quarterback <laughs> coach. He can throw the ball far. He's mobile, and he, if he can read a defense, that's that's a lot. Patrick Mahomes said he couldn't read a defense. Still his third year in the NFL, which is crazy. Cause yeah, he already won MVP in a second. <laughs> already had an MVP here, and he couldn't read defenses. Uh, so I'm. I think I would go with Trey Lance. Fit. I don't know about the 49ers. I don't know yeah. where, what team I'd want him on. 
Um, uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think that with, you know, the fit-wise, I don't think the 49ers go with him. But I th- I think Trey Lance is the third-best quarterback as well. The only problem with Trey Lance is that he just does not – not he hasn't been seen enough. I yeah. mean, he's, he's really only played one real season of college football, and – He's, you know, the, and playing in D2, you know, so it's not, or FCS. So, like, he's not really, he has not just gotten recognition like Mac Jones and Justin Fields where they have are a complete opposite, you know. They were two guys that probably got the most recognition in college football other than Trevor Lawrence last year. Um, but, yeah, Trey Lance is, I think his body type is is great just because he's a big quarterback that is super, like you said, he's super mobile. He is definitely, like, the most mobile quarterback in this draft. He does have a powerful arm. Like you said, the accuracy is is probably just what his issue is, but that can easily be fixed. Um, Mac Jones, though, definitely, like, is the best decision maker, and he will make the smart play every time, but he's not really going to do anything special. Um, I do – I like Mac Jones. I don't think mm-hmm. Mac Jones is going to be a bust or anything. It's, it's a lot easier, at least for me, to say a guy is going to be a boom rather than a bust. You know, yeah. it's a lot – it's hard to – say that guy's gonna suck you know it's just I don't know it's it's hard to say that but Mac Jones it's it's weird that you know the Niners traded up and want to get a guy like Mac Jones who's very similar to Jimmy Garoppolo but who knows I mean I think Trey Lance is the third best quarterback I agree with you for the 49ers sake though I would probably draft Justin Fields but I really don't know it's it's tough the thing about drafting Mac Jones and like deciding he's gonna be your guy for the next few years it's tough to blame anything on your quarterback from that point because you picked the guy who can't do as much as the other guys. Mac Jones will stand in there in the pocket and he'll make the right decisions. But now you almost have to blame everything around him if things go bad. Yeah. Because you are setting yourself up to only be successful if all the other pieces are very good. You know, a good run game, a really good passing offense where you got good wide receivers, short and deep routes, and give him a lot of options to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh Whereas if you draft a guy like Justin Fields and we figure out his decision-making is awful, uh, maybe he's injury-prone, blah, 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 you can blame the quarterback. If you're picking Mac Jones, I think you pick a guy who it's very tough to blame because you yeah. you already know what you're getting from him. And that's, yeah, I mean, if Mac Jones does get drafted by the 49ers, it kind of makes sense just because he is going into a situation where he is surrounded by, okay, he's surrounded by a great defense. He's surra- he has a great run game and a pretty good offensive line. His weapons, I mean, his wide receiver core isn't, like, insane, but he obviously he's George Kittle, one of, if not the best tight ends in the NFL. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be going into a better situation than Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson would be. <laughs> but... Um, Still, I mean, this doesn't mean he's better, but like, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Like, it's it's hard to blame Mac Jones if the 49ers suck. Uh, but let's I, talk about what. Well, go ahead. I think it's almost like the safe pick to yeah. take Mac Jones. It's just weird that they traded up yeah, to take to us, take, to the, take safe the safe pick. pick. Like, yeah. that's not something you usually do. Uh, let's talk about these new mock drafts, though. Mel Kiper 4.0 mock draft came out. And let's talk about the top 10. Uh, Number one and two, like I said, obvious, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. You can set that in stone. Number three, he does have Mac Jones going number three, which that also is starting to kind of seem like it's going to be set in stone. Uh, And then after three, it gets really weird because the Atlanta Falcons have come out and said that they're open to trading pick four. And I feel like they're going to trade pick four. Let's talk about that actually for a second. If you're the Falcons, do you you capitalize off off of, you know, we have this fourth pick where there's, you know, there's two good quarterbacks that'll probably go in the top ten. 
left at pick four, you can trade down with a team and get more draft capital and stick with Matt Ryan? Or do you say, let's maybe draft a guy, let him sit behind Matt Ryan for a year, and then get rid of Matt Ryan and and go with the new quarterback? I'm a big fan of uh, drafting a quarterback and letting him sit behind uh, a vet for a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the idea of drafting, you know, if Trey Lance or Justin Fields is there, I don't see why you don't take Trey Lance at four if you're the Falcons. Uh, just because, like you said, we sit, you sit behind Matt Ryan for a year. You learn from him. You see him. Matt Ryan's also a big arm guy. Yeah. He's a, he got a huge arm. And the Falcons are a very pass-heavy offense mm-hmm. as well. And I think it makes a lot of sense to kind of let uh, him and Julio Jones kind of ride it out. Julio Jones is getting up there. He's no longer a young guy. Uh, so I think it's almost time to start that rebuild. And the start of that could be getting this Trey Lance quarterback. I don't think you're in win now mode if you're the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely don't think so either. But um, at the same time, you know, you you could go get a guy like Kyle Pitts at mm-hmm. pick four. You know that it would be a, a just another excellent piece to your offense. I honestly, if I was the Falcons, I would probably trade down um, and you know let a te- you know let another guy draft a quarterback. Maybe you trade down with a team like Denver. You're at pick nine, where there might still be a quarterback there that you want to take. If not, you can wait. Um, because Matt Ryan definitely still does if they decide to stick with Matt Ryan. He's got definitely at least like three years left mm-hmm. where he could be their starter. And, yeah, they don't have to be he, – he's not going to take them to a Super Bowl or nothing, but I don't know. It's it's definitely an interesting with them. But in the, in Mel Kuyper's mock, really weird. He has the Miami Dolphins who went from 3 to 12 to 6, trading back from 6 to 4 now, trading up from pick 6 – with the with Atlanta to pick four to draft Kyle Pitts at pick four, he really? thinks he thinks that Kyle Pitts will be drafted by Cincinnati at pick five if he doesn't go at number four. And the Dolphins need to get in front of Cincinnati. And they, yeah, exactly. Cincinnati. So that's kind of what Mel Kiper's logic was. He was on first take today talking about it. So he has Miami uh, trading once again <laughs> in the draft to draft Kyle Pitts at four. Pick five is Panay Sewell to the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that probably is. Pretty set in stone. Like I would be, I would be pretty shocked if they drafted Jamar Chase. Unless, or, unless Pitts falls. Yeah, unless Pitts falls. But like even then, like I would still probably rather go with Panay <laughs> yeah, Sewell. Like it's just I want a lineman. You got. It's like I saw a TikTok the other day. It was like you can't uh, drive a car without insurance or something. Yeah, Talking exactly. about Joe Burrow. Like yeah, it's nice to have a fancy looking car, but if you <laughs> crash it, you're screwed. Um, and then pick six is Atlanta, and they have Atlanta drafting. He has Atlanta drafting Trey Lance at six, which is. Really, it, I mean, if if you're Atlanta and you can trade down and still get a quarterback, <laughs> do it. That's ideal, you know. And like, and but that's the thing. I don't understand why Miami would trade up because, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's it's weird. It's I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and then pick seven is the Detroit Lions taking Jamar Chase. Pick eight is the Carolina Panthers drafting Devontae Smith. That is kind of a the Panthers were a team that was drafting a quarterback before the Darnold trade, and in both of these mocks that uh, I have written down here, they grow wide receiver. So place another wide receiver next to DJ Moore. You know they still or they lost Curtis Samuel, but they have Robbie Robbie Anderson too. Um, I love that move. Yeah. In all honesty, I love the idea McCaffrey of McCaffrey too. Obviously, yeah. Sam Darnold now has a system. I, I, I'm I, the thing is, I don't feel like it's fair to judge Sam Darnold if he still doesn't have mm-hmm. a system. But if you draft a third wide receiver to pair next to DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, and I'm going to consider C-Mac a wide receiver because yeah. he lines up in the slot half the time. But not half, but sometimes. he 
that's a great that's a great offense mm-hmm. at that point. Then we can really see how good Sam Darnold yeah. is at that, that point. No, yeah, I definitely I'm excited to see how Darnold does this year just Me because too. he's in a better situation than he has been in the, his first few years in the NFL. Um, pick nine is Denver drafting Micah Parsons, and then pick ten is the New England Patriots trading up to uh, with the Dallas Cowboys to draft Justin Fields with the tenth pick. That is another common thing in these new mocks is the Patriots trading up to draft mm-hmm. a quarterback. I've seen. A, I saw one today that was uh, Trey Lance trading up to trade to get Trey. Lance. Yeah, this is the that's the other one I'm, I was about to oh, talk okay. about. Uh, yeah, so we'll do that one and then we'll kind of discuss. Uh, this is CBS Sports mock draft that they came out today this morning. Um, Trevor Lawrence at one, Zach Wilson at two, Mac Jones at three, and then at pick four, the New England Patriots trade up with the Atlanta Falcons to draft Trey Lance at four. Uh, pick five, Panay Sewell with to the Bengals. Pick six, Kyle Pitts to the Miami Dolphins, which I think you could probably just stay at six and probably get Pitts mm-hmm. if you're Miami. And if you don't get Pitts, that's fine. You kind of already have Mike Gusecki, a young tight end anyways. You just get Jamar Chase. Um, pick seven is the Denver Broncos trading up from nine to seven with the Detroit Lions to draft Justin Fields, which I don't really understand because pick eight is Jamar Chase, yeah. and then the Lions are at pick nine, and they draft Jalen Waddle at nine. Why would Denver trade up two spots to get Justin Fields? Like, the Lions aren't yeah, going to take it, Justin no, Fields. Nobody in front of them Carolina's is not going to take Yeah, I don't – that one kind of confused me a little bit. And then pick ten is Patrick Sertan, so um, – there's somebody missing in here. Oh, Devontae Smith didn't mm-hmm. go on the top 10 in this one. But So it, if the Patriots trade to number four with the Falcons, uh, where do the Falcons go? Falcons go to 15. Holy moly. But they would probably get much more than if, you know, going yeah. from four to six like they did in, in Mel Kuyper's uh, mock. Yeah, they'd go to, yeah, pa- Patriots have 15. So they'd probably get uh, a second this year, maybe a first or second next year. And that's probably it, what they would get. But still, like, that's a lot. That's mm-hmm. a lot to give up, especially for the Patriots. But uh, in that article, in that same draft, I was reading it again, and it said Bill Belichick's pretty high on Trey Lance mm-hmm. and seems to really like him. That's cool. So, and I think it's a That was one option. thing I wanted to talk about. What team, let's say that, you know, Atlanta plans on trading down from four to to a team that wants a quarterback. I By a team that wants a quarterback – I'm pretty sure it's going to be between Patriots and Denver. You know, those two teams are Denver is at nine, so they could probably have one of the QBs fall to them. But what team do you think is more likely to trade up to get a quarterback? Oh, I think I think uh, the Patriots. I think the Broncos are much more likely to just kind of stay where they're at, and I think the Patriots are mm-hmm. much more likely to go up and really try to get a guy and make the move to keep to stay a winner at this yeah. point. They're just trying to keep their head afloat. Denver hasn't been very good in a couple of years. There's yeah. no reason for them to rush to try and get a quarterback. I think New England too. Like you, uh, you like we were talking about earlier. You don't have to start whoever you draft uh, if you trade up to draft someone. I think you let Cam Newton have one more year, see how he does, and obviously if he does good, um, then you can trade him for something that maybe because no one wanted Cam Newton, you know. And if he has a good season, you could possibly look to trade into a team that would like a guy like Cam Newton. Um, Trey Lance would I think be perfect to to learn from Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, Justin Fields would be pretty nice too, but Trey Lance is very similar to Cam Newton, and I think it would be super interesting to see how he mentors him, I guess. Yeah, that was the first thing I noticed when I was watching the Pro Day, just looking at their actual body types. Trey Lance even has like a very, he has the big, big, bulky mm-hmm. body. He's not a wiry quarterback by any means. He looks unathletic. He's a big dude. Oh, yeah. He looks, he looks a lot like Cam Newton in body, shape, size, and build. 
So I think, like you said, it's a perfect guy to learn from. Yeah. Who's been doing it for years Definitely. and won an MVP doing it. I'm super excited for the NFL draft. Uh, it's coming up really soon. I'm really excited to see what the Lions are going to do. Um, you know, I'm fine with any of the three wide receivers. I've kind of come to a conclusion of that. My preference, uh, I want Jamar Chase first, and then after that, I really don't. I thought I wanted Waddle over Devontae Smith, and but I really don't care, honestly. I really don't. Like, if it's any of those three, I, I'm fine with. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of wouldn't. My number one prefer, preferred thing would just be them trading down, um, again, getting more draft assets, and maybe you trade out of the top ten, which I wouldn't mind. Like, if you end up doing that trade with Denver where Denver trades up and you trade down to nine and still get Waddle, that would be nice. Yeah. I just don't see that ever happening. Yeah, if, um, if the Lions can trade down and somehow get Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, and obviously they're not going to mm-hmm. get Jamar Chase, but one of those two dudes while trading down. I think they could. That's a perfect yeah. draft. Because I feel like the three wide receivers won't all go in the top ten just because of the surgence of Kyle Pitts. You know, like he pretty much is a fourth wide receiver, so – I feel like um, two of them will probably go top 10. Probably, I mean, Jamar Chase will for sure go top 10. And then I don't know if it's going to be Waddle or Smith. I don't see all three of them going in the top 10, though. So it would be it would be nice for the Lions to trade down and possibly still get uh, one of them. If not, you could maybe get Micah Parsons or just a defensive player in general. Um, are we ready to move on, though, from, from NFL talk? Yeah. So college basketball free agency is going on still. Uh, transfer portal news. Um, yeah, let's talk about it. The big thing, uh, at least for us, Thomas Kithier has entered the transfer portal for Michigan State, something that was not expected, but he was just one of the rumored players that uh, was going to leave Michigan State because Michigan State has to you know, make up a couple spots. With Kithier leaving, um, we do have a free open spot now, so whether that is, you know, I'm not going to, Amani Bates, I don't think it's going to be, but, you know, it's just a possibility. I don't think Tom Izzo and Michigan State staff, though, is going to wait and see what Imani Bates' decision is, especially with an open roster spot now. Like, I think they definitely are going to try to go get another transfer player. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's just – that's it's it's big news, though, for Michigan State, you know, because it's, it's an open spot. I think it's huge. And also, I really don't think Tom Ki- <laughs> Thomas Kithier – uh, belonged in like the Big Ten and in Sparty. He he felt like an outsider when I watched this year. Uh, Joey Hauser didn't most of the time, but I don't I don't know what your opinion on Kithier was. You obviously watched a lot more yeah. games than I did, but I, he just didn't really feel like a state player whenever he was on the floor to me. I didn't mind Kithier. I mean, he was definitely like one of the most hard working players like that we've had in a like in a. He was probably the most like scrappiest player on our team. Like he really was. He was a pretty decent rebounder for his size at like 6'9". Um, you know, isn't the strongest guy in the court, but would always guard the bigs. He was decent on defense, he really, but like offensively, he didn't do much. But um, I didn't mind Kithier. Like he definitely, I liked him more than Foster Lawyer, but like I was fine <laughs> with him leaving. I preferred all the other bigs over Kithier. You know, I prefer Marble, Bingham, Sissoko over him. So uh this is huge. This it is, is huge, though, for Michigan State, just because, I mean, I would like if we go out and get a transfer. And the most, you know, definitely the I, most ideal situation would be we go out and get a transfer and then somebody else leaves, you know, Foster Lawyer transfers out, and which I don't think will happen just because him and Izzo are really close, and I expect him to be back for his senior year. 
You know Kithier, uh, like, is a grad transfer, though? He gra- he's graduating from Michigan State this May. Oh, really? Yeah, next month uh, in three years, which that's, is that's super cool. really crazy. He had, like, 3.7 GPA, like, super smart dude. Uh, graduating from three years is in, at, from Michigan State is very impressive. So. Yeah, that means he just gets to transfer and just play basketball. Yeah. I mean. So shout out to Thomas Kithier for, you know, doing it. Solid, I guess, for Michigan State. Yeah. I mean, it sounds bad, but and you know, for for being a good player for us uh, the last three years. But let's talk about some guys who entered the transfer portal first. Uh, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, Daryl Morcel from Maryland. He entered the transfer portal. Pretty surprising because Maryland has a pretty. They're bringing back pretty much all of their guys, mm-hmm. and they have a couple guys coming in. I think they already got a transfer or two, so that one was kind of surprising. I mean, I'm not a Maryland fan, so I don't know. Everything about Marcel and everything, but it's just crazy to me that somebody to win an award who won an award like that mm-hmm. would leave the team that he was on. Yeah, you know, could you imagine like if you're if no, uh, just a crazy thing. Let's say Matty Sissoko goes out and, or Marble goes out and wins D point next year and then just leaves after winning. Yeah, it. like that'd be so. It'd be weird. really weird. Yeah, I mean, in Maryland, I really think had a chance at being a one of the top mm-hmm. a top half Big Ten team this year. Um, they definitely easily still could. I mean, it's not like losing him is everything, but um, it's a pretty big part. Yeah, <laughs> Indiana landed a transfer. I didn't write down his name, but Indiana is definitely going to be a top half Big Ten team this year. Uh, Christian Lander was a guy who entered the transfer portal and came back. You know, he entered the transfer portal before Archie Miller uh, let got fired, and then they bring in Mike Woodson, and he came comes back to Indiana. So I mean, you can enter the portal and still go back to the school. If nobody, uh, that you were leaving, but if nobody um, wants you, or none of the other options yeah. look good. Purdue also just got another transfer too. Purdue is going to be very good next year. There's a good chance that they'll be the best team in the Big Ten. Um, then talking about non-Big Ten transfers, uh, Devin Eskew, uh freshman point guard from Kentucky, transfers to Texas. Texas going to be good mm, next year. Very Getting Chris good. Beard, Texas Tech. I mean, Texas Tech is going to suck, by the way. <laughs> Mac McClung is transferring again for, you know. Is the, he going to Texas? No, but he's just oh. is leaving Texas Tech. They lost uh, They lost their other, I forget who their other really good guard was, but he's uh, entered the portal too. Texas Tech is going to be pretty bad. And then Boogie Ellis from Memphis transfers to USC. So uh, Memphis loses another former five-star player. I mean, this the transfer portal. Like we've we you know we've been talking about it. Bryce Thompson entered from Kansas as well. Um, I honestly don't mind it that much. I don't think it's too big of an issue, but it's whatever. I don't know. I think it'll. I think for me, it won't be an issue until I start losing to teams that are built from transfers. <laughs> like that. That'll really bug me if I if we go out and lose to Texas this year and Devin Askew drops yeah. thirty five. Like that. <laughs> that'll seriously bug me. But. It also, I've seen it benefit my team. And I don't think, like, I, I honestly don't think there's as many transfers this year as there was last year. I think last year there was more transfers, but there's just more bigger-name yeah. players transferring this year, which is, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a lot of guys that really were supposed to be super good and weren't that are leaving. So, like, I don't have very high expect. I don't think Devin Askew is going to go to Texas and just become, like, the best guard in college basketball. Yeah, he could. He he definitely is probably going to have a good year, but I don't expect him to like win Player of the Year or anything. You yeah. know, crazy. So he could be like a JQ, uh, Javon Quinterly. Yeah, exactly. Six, six man for Bama was pretty good for them in the tournament, especially. Yeah, that's definitely that's something he could easily be. Um, there's somebody else too that I didn't write down that I forgot that I was going to talk about. I don't remember, though. But a lot of guys are transferring out of the Big Ten. You know, Liam Robbins left Minnesota. Obviously, Marcus Carr has 
yet to choose anywhere. Rocket Watts still is not transferred anywhere. Same with Adam Miller. I saw something about Marcus Carr transferring, and I, I feel like it said he was going to Duke. Like, it was like a... Like mm-hmm. crystal ball thing, or maybe it was a Duke fan in the comments. It would like, be, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised they if he like, went to Duke. Yeah, we're getting a, that guard from Minnesota mm-hmm. who's lights out. <laughs> they, t- they didn't even know his name. Just that <laughs> guard from Minnesota. I wonder. I mean, Duke is there. Duke has the potential to be really good next year because Matthew Hurt uh, still has yet to declare for the NBA draft, and if he comes back, he's a, he's gonna be really good. Like he's probably gonna be a, a national player of the year candidate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they're you know a lot of their guys aren't. I don't think DJ is DJ Stewart going to the draft. I I really don't know. I know Jeremy Roach isn't going to the draft for them, and they're bringing in uh, Paulo Boncher. Or wait, no, he's in the other class. Who are they bringing in? No, is Bonchero in this Bonchero's year's class? A senior, right? Yeah, he's in this year's class. They're bringing in Bonchero. Um, they just got that Trevor Keels guy, uh, shooting guard, five star, and then Patrick Baldwin is uh, still yeah, Patrick Baldwin. yet to commit anywhere, and he's probably going to go to Duke. So that gives them a pretty good roster next yeah. year if Matthew Hurt comes back and they get Marcus Carr. <laughs> That's a yeah. very if good Marcus roster. Carr goes to Duke. That would be. Cr- I could see Marcus Carr going to like Kentucky or Me something, too. like a, a big school. Yeah, definitely. Or um, even a big name coach like uh, a Memphis. I know. Yeah. Every's transferring out of Memphis, but they still have Penny Hardaway. Yeah. No, I could see that definitely. Yeah. But it's uh, it's nice though. I mean, it's I it I definitely do see the issues with the transfer portal, but honestly, it's entertaining and it's nice. <laughs> yeah. to, it's like if you know my favorite part of the NBA honestly is the off season and I and the NFL. I love the off season. I love trades and stuff. And this is kind of bringing that aspect. Because to college basketball, you know, I've always been a huge fan of recruiting of college basketball, and this is just another thing. This is just like recruiting, you know, but just with current players. So it's it's really fun. I like it a lot. I would just hate to be a coach. Yeah, That's the only thing. yeah, it'd be very stressful <laughs> yeah, for sure. Very stressful. Um, but yeah, I don't know what other like guys that Michigan State is possibly going to try and go after, but I definitely expect them to be aggressive with a. I don't know what kind of player they're going to get. Probably like a, a four, maybe a three slash four. I mean, if we go out and get a big man, I wouldn't mind that. I just don't really expect them to. You might as well go get that uh, Bryce guy from what, Kansas. What guy? Oh, Bryce, Bryce Thompson. Might as well. Yeah, that would be. I him. mean, he was he, he was in states like top five or seven before he committed to Kansas. I doubt he'd come to Michigan State, and it would probably hurt the development of Max Christie a little bit, but... Who knows? Whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't care. We'll take him on for a year. Like, let him go to the draft. Why not? Um, is that pretty much it, though? Anything yeah. else you want to talk about college-wise? No, we can get back. We can get into this. All right. Awards. So, NBA talk. The topic today is we are going to predict the end of the season NBA awards. Um, the NBA play-in tournament starts on, like, the 18th of May or something. Uh, maybe the 19th of May. So, it's like in a little over a month is the end of the NBA season. So we are going to be predicting what the end-of-season awards are, that we're doing MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man, Most Improved, Coach of the Year, and then we are doing our All-NBA first, second, and third teams. Like I said, this is not saying that if the season ended right now, what are the awards? This is what we think they're going to be in a month from now at the end of the season. So how do we want to start this? Do we want to start with uh, All-NBA teams or start with awards? I think we start with all NBA teams. Okay. Yeah, I really, I really don't, I don't know. I don't That's know what I was asking. <laughs> uh, we'll go NBA team. All right. So let's start with uh, let's start with third team and go go up from there. So give me your guards on your All NBA third team. I will start this off right now. There is an extremely talented player left <laughs> off this. Oh list. no, the guards the guards is really hard. Like the forwards, I don't think is as hard as the guards. Me either. And I might have missed a forward, but like 
the guards, I have like a top six guard, maybe top eight player in the whole league. Not not in it. And you'll yeah, see. There's, I have a few players that you'll definitely see. deserve to make it that so, I miss. At guard on my third team, I have CP3 and Steph Curry. Okay. So with that, Steph Curry, first off, is having MVP numbers year. Not an MVP good good team year. His team is mm-hmm. awful. However, he is still Steph Curry, and he does kind of almost have to make it. But he has to make the playoffs, and I'm really thinking the Warriors are going to start making that push for playoffs, even though James Wiseman just went down with the injury. It's mm-hmm. just it's go time for the Warriors. They got they got to start going and rolling. And CP3 is there just for the pure fact that the Suns have to have somebody. Yeah, the Suns can't not have anybody. And it, it whether you have him or D book, it doesn't make a difference to me. But one of them has to be there. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, see, Chris Paul did not make my list, and it was just going to come between him and Booker. Yep. I went with Booker, um, but my All-NBA third-team guards are Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell are my third-team guards. Um, Donovan Mitchell's a guy who, if his team was not the number one team in the West, he probably would not be uh, on my All-NBA team just because like, he puts up great numbers and everything, but there's definitely better players that miss this cut that uh, – that are better than Donovan Mitchell just because of the Utah Jazz being the best team in the NBA. He definitely deserves a spot. Um, so, yeah, those are my guards. I went with Booker over CP3 simply because um, I really don't have a reason. I just went yeah. with Devin Booker just because he's never made an All-NBA team. Chris Paul's made plenty. Maybe they'll just give it to Booker over him. Forwards on the All-NBA third team. Uh, this one, uh, you can uh, – I have Paul George and Zion Williamson. Uh, you might have considered Paul George a guard but on basketball. He's a, he's a forward, yeah. Okay, so – I've got Paul George and Zion. Uh, Zion putting great numbers again. George definitely has to be there. Clippers are the three seed right now. Uh, so those are my forwards on the third team. Zion was a guy who I really wanted to put on my All-NBA teams, but uh, his team is not in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. I feel like I don't think I have a single player on here that their team is not a playoff team. Um, I really like Zion. You know, I think he definitely is deserve it, has, a great, has having a great year. But I did not include him. My All-NBA third team is Kevin Durant, a guy who I think would be much higher if he didn't miss a lot of games. But he came back from his injury, so I expect him to play the rest of the year and probably will for sure make an All-NBA team. And then I have Jason Tatum as the other forward on my uh, All-NBA third team. So I'll tell you right now, those two guys both didn't make the rest really? of the list. Uh, I mean, KD makes sense yeah. just because he's, you know, he's missed a lot of games. But the only reason I included him was because... He's going to play for the next month, and he's yeah. going to be fresh in the voters' minds and everything, yep. and it's going to be hard to not give him a spot with how great he did. And then Jason Tatum, um, you know, I was going to put – it was it came down to Tatum and Zion for me, and I was kind of including <laughs> – thinking about Julius Randle a little bit, but – It, it um, came down to Tatum and Zion yeah, for but me. but the for Celtics have time. been playing a little better as of recently, and Tatum hit like a really nice ice-cold step back dagger three last night and i was like yeah tatum <laughs> tatum deserves it over zion that so. was that, that was the deciding factor <laughs> so i went with tatum over zion and at my center position for my all nba third team uh rudy gobert yeah i think it's pretty undisputable for the centers yeah i, I have, think the three centers at whatever order you have them in as long as rudy gobert's third yeah and the other two whatever you want yeah honestly. i have rudy gobert as my center as well um best on the best team in the nba and there really isn't a another center that might get this over him. Maybe Carlton Towns, like maybe. Maybe. I mean, Bam's missed a lot of time maybe, this year. Maybe, yeah. Like probably not Bam. He wasn't even an all-star, yeah. you know. So, like, yeah, I got Gobert. Uh, second team guards. And, again, you're going to be like, huh? Like, I, I left a big guy <laughs> off this list. Uh, 
second team guard Donovan Mitchell and Luka Doncic. Yeah. So um, my second team guards does include Luka Doncic. I have him on my second team. A lot of articles I read had him as a first team All NBA player. But I mean, the Mavericks are. I mean, they're definitely picking it up a little bit, but they're still not at the top of the conference, I guess. Uh, and then I have Steph Curry on my second team. I think Curry, even though his team is, you know, the eight seed or whatever, he is having an, a phenomenal year. And the fact is that his team is so bad without <laughs> him. It's like Russell Westbrook MVP season, you know, like his team is so poor without Steph Curry that that shows how valuable he actually is. Um, so that's, I think we can both say that Kyrie Irving was left off of our yeah. list. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the main one that I left off. And it was, I think it came down to, okay, two Nets players for me had to make it. And so I included Kevin Durant instead of, because I didn't want to not give it Which, to Donovan Mitchell, you know? And that makes a lot, that, that actually makes a lot of sense putting KD in at that forward spot yeah. to open up a guard spot for Donovan Mitchell exactly. or a Suns because player. Because I think two Nets players definitely have, with their crazy big three, two of them have to make it. If if they were all to play, you know, most of the season, I think that they all three of them. all three are on the first two teams, you know. Yeah. So and that's just that I didn't I, I agree. I think two Nets players have to make it, but I didn't figure out the way to make it work in my head. So yeah. But uh leaving Kyrie Irving off was hard as a Kyrie Irving not fan. As a guy <laughs> who's not a huge fan of Kyrie Irving, it was still like because I still respect the guy. Like I I, yeah. I think he's a great basketball player. And so it was really hard for me to leave him off this list. And it's list. just like it's it's super difficult because like I said, this isn't a month from now when we think. And with these guys coming back from injury, you know, Katie and Kyrie are gonna be playing for the rest of the season. It's gonna be really I don't see a world where they both get left off. But then you look and it's like, how can you not have Donovan Mitchell and or Devin Booker on here, or at least a Suns player, because they're the two best teams in the West, you know? So, like, they definitely at least, maybe they end up not including Donovan Mitchell because Rudy Gobert is going to be an All-NBA player. So, I don't, I don't know. know. That's I what I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah, it. right? That's like, I agree. That I do have two of them. So. They're that great. Like So, yeah, but my second team guards are Steph Curry and Luka Doncic. Yep. Uh, my second team forwards, Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy Butler at the forward position. Interesting. Okay. Um, my All NBA second team player forwards. Uh, I have Paul George as a second team player. He's having having a really good uh like last month or two. Like his percentages, her shooting percentages are crazy. I didn't write them down, but I was looking at him. He's shooting over forty percent from three. Uh, his true shooting percentage is the highest he's ever had in his career, and he's yeah he's been dominating for them. And the Clippers are really good. And then my other second team um forward is LeBron James. I did not put him on my first team just because just because of the three weeks that he's already missed and he's expected to miss um, at least more. the next two weeks. Yeah, I think he'll be back by end of April. So he's going to miss over a month fully in time. Uh, if he didn't, he, I mean, he, there's a, still definitely a chance he could end up being a first-team player just because he is going to play the final few weeks of the season. Um, but I have him just missing it. And I didn't include Jimmy Butler just because he wasn't an all-star this year and... I don't know. I just don't feel like he would make uh, an All-NBA team if he wasn't an All-Star, but who knows? Uh, the thing with Jimmy Butler I had is kind of the same situation where we find ourselves with Steph Curry. The Miami Heat were really bad at the start of the year without him and Bam, mm-hmm. and he kind of came back, and Miami Heat are on a roll now yeah. and playing a I lot I could see better. Jimmy definitely making one, maybe over like Jason Tatum for mm-hmm. me or something. It's, but. it's just through that second half. It's all about this last month. Yeah. If the Miami Heat ball out this last month, I don't I'm see I'm wondering who you... Who's not? Oh, you didn't have KD. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that does make sense. And then center for you at my center, Mike comes as surprise. This is tough. Yeah. But I do have Jokic at my center. 
uh, just lost Jamal Murray. The Nuggets are probably going to fall on the standings. His numbers won't look any worse, but the team will be worse, I think. Like I said, I, I'm I'm no NBA analyst. I, <laughs> I try, but I, I think the Nuggets will be worse because they just lost an, an all-star caliber point guard. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have him dropping. Yeah, I completely team. understand that. I don't have Jokic, so I have Joel Embiid. Um, Joel Embiid has missed a decent amount of time this season with an injury, and yeah, he still is in MVP talks. I don't think he will win the MVP just because of the missed time, but he could. You know, if Philly ends up, they, they've lost the one seed in the East, so they're not the one seed anymore. Um, Sixers-Nets do play tonight, though, so that's going to be a really good game. But I have Joel Embiid on my second team. First team, all NBA. These are the big dogs. If you make any of these three and all NBA teams, you're a stud. In well, the yeah. Like, yeah, you're a top six player at your position. It's it's crazy. Not even at your position, just at your spot, I yeah. guess. <laughs> uh, at the guards, I have uh, Damian Lillard and James Harden at my guard spots. I also have James Harden and Damian Lillard. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty undisputable with James Harden. Um, with Dame Lillard, you can argue maybe Luka uh, over Dame or maybe Steph Curry over Dame, but I think Dame for sure will end up getting first team, especially with Portland kind of getting healthy again and their mm-hmm. team is going to continue to roll. Uh, I saw a stat today about Damian Lillard and the Lakers, and it was about how you know everybody assumed Trailblazers to start closing the gap between them and the Lakers. Uh throughout the injuries that the Lakers have had. Uh, since losing LeBron and AD, the Lakers are 6-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. Portland is also 6-7. and seven. I've seen that, yeah. The Portland, is, they were the other day, I mean... Haven't closed the gap at all. When, I, <laughs> when we were... Because obviously, I mean, I was going to say on our last episode, but no one got to hear that. But <laughs> yeah, they were 30-21, and 21, and they are, I'm pretty sure right now they're 31-23 and 23 or something, and or maybe 31-22, and 22, so like... They haven't gained any ground. Yeah, they play the Pistons tonight, though. Or we know the Clippers play the Pistons tonight, so. Lucky I don't Clippers. <laughs> Good luck. Paul George had that nasty dunk on oh Isaiah Stewart. Oh, my word. Ooh. That was disgusting. <laughs> uh, at my forwards, I have Giannis and LeBron. My forwards, I don't, I don't I, have anything to yeah, say about those. My dudes. forwards, uh, Giannis for sure. Uh, and then I have Kawhi Leonard over LeBron just because of the you know the LeBron injury. Kawhi yep. Leonard hasn't missed much time this year. And LeBron missed a, a pretty good amount of time, and especially in a shortened season, too. Uh, do I expect, you know, if LeBron ends up getting first team over Kawhi, I definitely won't be shocked. Uh, he probably does deserve it, but Kawhi's team is better in the standings. He's got similar stats, and he's played more games. I'm taking Kawhi over Giannis. And and I don't disagree with that. Uh, Kawhi over LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I definitely I don't I don't have any disagreements with that because like you said he's played more games they're better in the standings yeah how can you <laughs> how can you really argue with that uh, at my five I have Joel Embiid and at my five I have clearly Isaiah Stewart uh, and no. on my paper <laughs> Isaiah Stewart I didn't recognize what he did no I have uh, Jokic as my five uh, guy who deserved to get it last year and didn't so he I think he'll get it this year snubs from these All NBA teams uh, Kyrie. Um, who were some Anthony Davis, obviously, but mm-hmm. I mean, because of injury, Chris Paul for me was a snub. Zion, I'm trying to th- Jimmy Butler, I guess would have been a snub. I'm trying to think if there's any other Bradley Beal was is definitely yeah. a snub, but I mean the Wizards are absolutely god awful. He made the All Star game, that's good enough. And it was almost like at this point, it's almost like if you keep giving him awards, it's like pity awards. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's, it's, like, it's just making up for last year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, my honorable mention the big one, Kyrie. I mean, I've got it boxed in. Uh, Tatum's a big one that I don't have. KD injury, AD injury. Uh, but if imagine if those dudes are healthy. 
Imagine how much harder this list. Oh becomes. yeah, I know. That's that's how that's how it is every year. I mean, <laughs> like, it's just so, it would be awful. Yeah, I mean, it's injuries are a horrible thing, but they're sometimes a blessing in disguise. <laughs> as long as everyone's healthy, come playoff time, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yep. <laughs> Championships aren't won in December. Yep. So let's talk about our regular season awards now. Let's start off with uh, like from like least significant to most significant. Not taking anything away from the winners of these awards, yep. but. Um, let's start with coach of the year. Coach of the year, I've got Quinn Snyder. Uh, nobody really expected the Jazz to be that great this year. Uh, they brought back the exact same cast they had last year, except for what they had Jordan Clarkson or was Jordan Clarkson. There he was last on year? their team last year too. Yeah. Yep. So they're really there wasn't they a difference. In Derek in the team. Favors. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so uh, this team really is the exact same, except they are leagues better, and I yeah. think that a lot of that is growth and coaching. I'm going to go with Quinn Snyder there. Yeah, I go with Quinn Snyder as well. Um, there's a lot of you know, there's argument for teams that are just like overperformed this year, like the Phoenix Suns. You mm-hmm. know, Monty Williams, Tom Thibodeau, the New York Knicks, uh, Borrego from the Hornets. But I think it's undisputably Quinn Snyder. They're the best team in the NBA. Quinn Snyder has not won a Coach of the Year award. Usually it goes to a new guy every year. They usually don't give it to – you don't see many guys win multiple Coach of the Year awards. Uh, so I think Quinn Snyder will for sure win this one. Yeah, absolutely. Let's I think go that, that's to, an award they like to just hand out. Kind yeah. of, not to like give everybody one, but like trying to get somebody new in just the Just give recognition, year. yeah. Yeah, because nobody would be interested in it if Greg Popovich got it <laughs> seven yeah. years in a row. <laughs> Let's go to Six Man of the Year. Sixth man of the year, it's Another, Jordan, yeah, Jordan Clarkson, one. obvious. Uh, there is no question. He is a bucket off the bench, and he is just Lou Williams off, like prime Lou Williams. He's the same guy. <laughs> Him and Jordan Clarkson are exactly yeah. the same. I got Clarkson as well. Um, I wanted to get those two kind of out of the way because these other four, except for maybe one of them, are like the closest they've been in years. Like MVP voting is really going to be – I, I was reading some article today, and it was just talking about how, like, the MVP award has not been within 100 votes or just a really close battle since uh, Steve Nash won it over Kobe mm. uh, when Steve Nash got his second one yep. years back. And then same with Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year has not been close since, like, 2003. Ever since then, it's really kind of been – actually, no, Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons was a close one. So, But, yeah, uh, let's let's move on to most improved player. Most of her player, uh, there are only I think there are only two guys that I even consider for this award, and that's Julius Randle and Jeremy Grant. I am giving the edge to Julius Randle. He's on the Knicks. They're a playoff team right now and way overperforming of what their expectations were. So I'm going with Julius Randle for most improved. Yeah, same thing you said. I got Randle. Um, I usually would take the biased approach here <laughs> and go with Jeremy Grant. But, yeah, like you said, it's the fact that maybe if the Knicks were supposed to be good and Randall just had her blow up you out of nowhere. But, I mean, the Knicks were supposed to be, like, a really bad team. Like, it was them and the Pistons were supposed to fight for the worst team in the East. I think I had them as the second-worst team in the East at the beginning of this year. I had to have had them low. Yeah, I think I had them as number 14 in the East. So, like, the Knicks are overperforming. They're eighth in the East, above 500 right now. Julius Randle's averaging 23, almost 11 rebounds, 6 assists, shooting 40% from 3 on 5 attempts a night. Like, really has stepped up his game this year, and he's the, easily the best player on their team. I'm going with Julius Randle as well. And that was the one that I said maybe this one isn't as close, but the other four I think are all really close. You want to go Depoy next or Rookie of the Year? Let's go Depoy. Depoy, Defensive Player of the Year. I'm giving it to the guy who's already got two under his belt. I think Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I think he has two. Uh Best team in the league. He's still the best defensive center in the league. Uh, so I'm giving it to Rudy Gobert. 
Uh, ben Simmons is an argument. Yeah. He's been making a it's, serious case. It's definitely case. between them two, yeah. It's just because, you know, Ben Simmons is way more versatile than Gobert. You know, Gobert is an elite rim protector, and the Jazz, you know, run their defense through him. But Ben Simmons just is a do-it-all defender. He is out guard one through five. It doesn't matter who it is. I will guard. He is guarding the other team's best player no matter what, no matter if it, they are a center or a point guard. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, and and you see games where, you know, Ben Simmons, he's he wants to win defensive player. You said the other day that when they were talking about defensive player of the year discussion between him and Gobert, Ben Simmons said, I dropped 40-something on yeah. Gobert in Utah. How is it? How am I not the defensive player of the year? I like the attitude. I did go with Rudy Gobert, though, just because of, you know, they're the best team in the league. Um, but, I mean, Philly is right is a top three team, top four team in the league. So I'm I'm going with Rudy Gobert, but it's going to be a close battle. Uh, rookie of the year next. Rookie of the year is tough because I really think it's, really it's, tough. it's between three guys. Uh, and those, I'm going to name those guys off right now. And you can, if you think there's another guy in there, toss men. But I think it's between LaMelo Ball, still getting it, even with, through his injury, Tyrese Halberton, Sacramento Kings, or uh, Anthony Edwards in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree. I I gave the edge to Tyrese Halberton really? just because he's been doing it all year. He's been good. Uh, when I look at uh, Ant- Anthony Edwards, I look at the same kind of Trey Young-ish idea yeah. where he had a great back half of the year, and that might stick through in the voters' eyes, but I really think Tyrese for having the full year. The same way, I was the same way with Luka and Trey Young with the argument. I gave it to Luka because I thought Luka, he played well the whole year. He didn't take him a half mm-hmm. year to get adjusted. Yeah. However, if LaMelo Ball is healthy, he runs away with the award. It's the only reason I didn't give it to him is because yeah. I assume Reese will start passing him in some of those numbers. Mm-hmm. I it's, it's tough because, like you said, you know, Tyrese Halliburton has been consistent all year. Anthony Edwards is really, he's the leading points per game player now by rookies. Um, has stepped up. His team is still really bad. And that is kind of the part where I took into consideration the Timberwolves are the worst team in the NBA. The Kings are a top five or six worst team in the NBA. Whereas the Charlotte Hornets are damn good, are of the you know the four or five seed in the East above five hundred, and their best player has honestly probably been Lamelo Ball all year. It's between Lamelo Ball or Gordon Hayward, whatever you say. Lamelo Ball is in the consideration for that. Um, so for that reason, I went with Lamelo Ball. I don't I don't know what the voters you know are gonna go with is because obviously his injury you know and there is rumor of him coming back i think if he does come back at all if Mm -hmm. he plays a single regular season game he will win um but it would be nice to see him come back you know because playing the playoffs as a rookie that'd be excellent um so that's why i went with the mellow ball because he was a leader of his team i think unlike the other two players he was one of the best players if not the best player on his team and also they were very Good. They were a you know a, a top five seed in the East, so that's why I went with the Mellow Ball. So some news that I saw kind of fly under the radar that I didn't really know about. Do you know Gordon Hayward's out for the rest of the year? Really? Yeah, he's like done for the regular season. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I saw a tweet and I was like, huh? Like this isn't huge injury? news. I don't know. I think it was an injury. They said he's going to miss the rest of the year. And I don't know whether that means into playoffs, but they said he's missing the rest of the year. That's so weird. I'm going to see if I can look it up real quick. I don't know if I'll... If it'll be able to go through, but uh, which is so huge for the Hornets because without Gordon Hayward and the Mellow Ball, they probably slide, especially with how tight that Eastern Conference is. 
they probably slide right down to a playing game, maybe. Yeah, Gordon Hayward sideline at least four weeks with right foot sprain. That was on April fourth, so he could come back. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that was a couple days ago. We hadn't heard a word about it. Yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, that was like a, that's over a week ago. It was ten days ago. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> that is really weird. Uh, but like they've probably started sliding here pretty quick. Because uh, without Gordon Hayward, whether you like it or not, Gordon Hayward uh, rejuvenated his career, had a really solid year this yeah. year uh, for Charlotte, and really showed that he still belongs in the league, mm-hmm. and he still belong. He still needs to be making money, not as much as he's getting, but he still needs to be making right. money. MVP. Uh, this is going to be so. I mean, MVP race is going to be so close. There's like five guys mm-hmm. you could choose it between. Who are you going with? So, according to my All-NBA teams, I can't have Jokic. Jokic made second team All-NBA for me. So, with that case, it's really between me, for me, and Bede and Dame. And at that point, I'm taking the guy with the better record, and the Portland Trailblazers haven't been playing that great recently. I mean, 6-7 and seven in their last 13. Isn't that good? Yes, Philadelphia did slide to the two seed. They don't run the East anymore. However, I'm still going to give it to Joel Embiid and say he's going to be the MVP really? this year. That's interesting because, I mean, I don't have – obviously, I can't give it to Joel Embiid. I had him as a second-team uh, player. I feel like if it did come down between, like, Joel Embiid and Harden for me, I'd probably go with Harden. But it is – you know, it's weird because Harden has is part of such this dominant team with so many great players, this big three, where Sixers is like – I mean, Joel Embiid is the really only dominant offensive player for them is scoring-wise and everything, so – um, yeah, Embiid, I wouldn't be surprised if he end up winning it, especially if he, you know, plays as well as he did before his injury for the rest of the season. Um, but for me, the MVP, uh, this was really hard. You know, it, it comes down to between Harden, Lillard, Giannis, Kawhi, and Jokic. Kawhi won't win it. Giannis, like, I, I obviously didn't give it to Giannis, but, like, he really could win it. He's good enough. He might as, <laughs> like, like, he probably should win it all, almost. So, but, uh, if there was ever a time to do a three-peat of MVPs, it was this year. <laughs> yeah. It was so wide Probably, open. Probably, yeah. Like, anybody can win it still mm-hmm. at this moment with a month left yeah. in the season. And he just didn't mm-hmm. ball out as much as he needed to. Dame Lillard, uh, I didn't go with Dame, even though I picked him at the beginning of the year. And, like, they have it. You know, he has a month to really continue to ball out and his team to continue to get better. So, I'm not counting him out. But I decided to go with Nikola Jokic for MVP. Uh, you know, he's averaging 26, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, 56.5% from the field, and 42% from three, uh, averaging a steal and a half as well. And the reason I went with him is because I honestly feel like this Jamal Murray injury is going to, like, make Jokic take it to the next level. And I know that Denver, there's no way they're going to, like, fall off in the standings with Jamal Murray out. I mean... Obviously, losing Jamal Murray is huge, and and it's not. It's gonna. It's definitely gonna hurt them in the playoffs. But for this next month of the regular season, I don't think it's gonna be too much of an issue. Um, Monte Morris is a guy who usually already starts at the shooting guard, anyways. So I think he'll do just a a fine job. They're thirty four and twenty right now, fourth in the West. I think that they'll be able to hold their own as a top four seed in the West. And if Jokic, I think his numbers are even gonna elevate even more. I'm gonna go with Jokic for MVP. Yeah, and there's no doubt about that. That's a great take because Monte Morris is a guy who's shown he can step up and make score a lot of buckets for you. And even in like that, uh, they have young guy in MPJ yeah. sitting there who exactly. I think he's going to step up a, a bunch. He was already complaining about not getting the ball enough. <laughs> yeah, so he might as well he start getting it more. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't have an opportunity. You better step up and take it. 
and I'm I'm excited to watch these Nuggets play. However, I do see them falling a little more than you do. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't think they're going to fall. Like I said, yeah, they're going to make. It's going to hurt them in the playoffs, but I just don't think for this next month of the regular season, like they're not going to fall out of the playoffs yeah, or nothing. Absolutely. So yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, that's and, that's my awards. Yeah, and that was the. It was funny because the MVP race for me was between Jokic and Embiid. And that decided also who I put on first team and second yeah. team. I think it's for me, yeah, my top three is like Jokic, Harden, Embiid. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably how I would rank rank them, which it sucks. Embiid not going to even, or whichever one, whether it's Embiid <laughs> yeah. or Jokic, is not even going to be a first team All-NBA player. Um, you know, they, if, they if, deserve to be. They've been all, yeah. all NBA players all and year. Like if LeBron never got hurt, you know, he there was definitely a good chance of him winning the MVP. Uh, Steph Curry's team was a little better. He would probably win MVP. It's very, you know, especially like if less. This sounds really dumb, but if Clay Thompson, you know, mm-hmm. it never got hurt and he's playing all year, Curry's probably for sure winning MVP again. So, I don't know. It's interesting, but that pretty much wraps everything up for this episode. Uh, thank you for listening. If hopefully you get to listen to this one, <laughs> hopefully um, you did. Saturday we will have our fourth Jeopardy episode. Eason will be hosting. I will be on uh, as a contestant with Willie back and Barry Hill is going to be on for the first time. So that's super exciting. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So check this out on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple podcasts and bye. Peace.